morning we have a couple uh, who are here to speak with us and, and uh, delve into this theme. So can you please welcome Martin and Jacqueline de Kaiser. Now whereabouts, Jacqueline, whereabouts have you both come from this morning to uh, be with us? Well, we've come from um, Forrester's Beach. But <laughs> that's not wow, where we live. Wow, the commute's a killer. <laughs> um, we live out at Yarramundi. That's at the base of the Blue Mountains, just near Richmond. And uh, give us a bit of an idea into your credentials to speak to us this morning. Oh, no, don't tell us that. Uh, tell, us, um, tell us a bit about uh, family. What's your um, home family situation? Um, well, we, um, we've been married 28 years. We've got five children. Um, the, the oldest one is 25 and been married for three years. Um, and the youngest is 17. And she's just got her peas. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Okay. So, Martin, your hair was dark about one month ago, but <laughs> your daughter's got her peas and this has been the effect. Yeah, I'm, I'm very glad to get through uh, five lots of teaching L drive, L learners how to, how to drive, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, uh, look, we're looking forward to hearing what you have to say. This is a really relevant topic for many of us, so take it away. Thank you. Look, Jack, I've been telling you all along, and I'm telling you now again, I don't want to do this talk. <laughs> well, it's a bit late now, matey. We're sitting here in front of, um, I don't know, 150 people or so, and um, they're expecting us to speak about modern relationships. Speak what about modern relationships? Well, just contribute to the discussion about whether or not it's realistic to expect someone to be committed to someone for their whole entire life. One lifelong partner. I mean, we supposedly live in a modern, enlightened world where values are changing. What wasn't acceptable a couple of generations ago is normal now. Relationships are more fluid. There's less expectation to stay with, let alone marry, just one person for what could be 50 or, or even 60 years. If we get bored with or tired with our spouse, we think things could just be a bit better somehow, we just might move on and find someone else. I mean, surely it, ju it just doesn't work, though. Um, people can be really bad for one another. And, and as if we've got all the answers anyway. As if, as if anything I've got to say... <clears throat> as if anything I've got to say is going to make someone go, oh... Is that all there is to it? Thank you so much, Martin, for, uh, for sharing with me so that I too can now have as happy and as long-lasting a marriage as you. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't do that. It's not going to happen. Yeah, okay. Sometimes a relationship doesn't work. We don't have to deny that or be judgmental about it. But, Martin, remember that first job that you had when we were first married? And um, it was full of responsibility and it had so much potential. <clears throat> and you threw it in because you couldn't handle it at the time. You actually, <clears throat> you actually still look back and wish that you would have been able to stick it out. 
But at the time, you, you just didn't know how to go up that steep learning curve. <clears throat> you couldn't see the top and it made you despair and, and you lost hope and you gave it in. If you just had some more maturity or, um, I don't know, some, some other kind of help at the time to work it through or a mentor or something, you would have been able to stick it out. And you actually still have regrets about that. Yeah. Yeah, and I've been doing some reading lately, uh, preparing for this, <laughs> and I found out that, um, that lots of divorced people can actually feel the same way, which that they'd stuck it out and made it through. We don't, ha we don't have to pretend that we know everything, but, and we can't tell anyone else how to live or what to do, but surely we've learned some things over the last 28 years together that might be encouraging or beneficial to these people. Come on, matey. <laughs> Like what? Well, like that thing that you always talk about, that you remember from science class at school, that thing about energy and um, chaos. You know, um, you've often said how that applies to all sorts of things, including marriage and relationships. Um, yeah, okay. So there's this idea that as, like, yeah, with just about everything in life, um, if we don't exert some kind of force or put some sort of energy into a system, um, it'll gradually just degenerate into a greater state of chaos or, um, or decay. Now, the same thing applies equally to um, whether it's a block of steel laying on the ground or um, a bedroom or a garden or a classroom or a family. Uh, we have to protect something from rust or we have to pull the weeds out and mow the lawn, mm -hmm. or we have to vacuum the floor and put things away. Uh, we have to discipline the kids. We have to love each other, um, no matter what. Uh, without some sort of input, everything just begins to fall apart. But like, do you really think people need to be reminded of that? Um, well, of course I do. It took you long enough to remember. And even then, it was only because we had so much stuff to work on. And without some sort of effort from both of us, it was, it was just going to get worse, wasn't it? Nobody else was going to do the work for us. I had to work on becoming, um, well, one of the things, maybe less bossy. And um, <laughs> you had to work on becoming less critical. <laughs> And the point is that we couldn't expect our marriage to last and stay good without constantly and consciously putting effort into it. It wasn't simply a matter of choosing the right partner in the first place and thinking the rest will automatically happen. It doesn't work like that. Even if we do start out all in love and infatuated with the other, it doesn't stay like that. Everything can descend into chaos if we get lazy, if we stop tending the garden, like you said, if we stop putting work in. Um, all right, so maybe we could spend a little bit of time talking about that. All right, that there's always some work to be done. Uh, what else? Well, um, I've really loved over time how you've loved me better and better and, and you've actually um, spoken life into my life. And um, there were some things that you... Well, I know that used to annoy you 
and that you've now said you not only tolerate but you even like and perhaps even love about me. Yeah, okay, so that's, that's how it happened for us, but someone out there might just go, oh, great, I'm, I'm so happy that Martin's love for Jacqueline has grown over time, that's lovely and I'm very happy for you, but that's just not very helpful for me because it's not happening like that for us. Well, how did it happen for you? How? How? Yeah. Can you describe how it happened? That, that might be the bit that's helpful. What, you want me to say it now? Yes, I do. Have a go. <clears throat> uh, well, I think it all started to happen uh, when I realised that a lot of your personality traits can have both a negative and a positive side. Hmm. Um, and that you just don't get one without the other. Uh, like, for instance, it used to annoy the crap out of me that if you were doing something or making something, whatever, that you just didn't seem to care about getting it perfect. That, or, or at least as physically perfect as you were able to get it. You just kind of slap it together or you, you just kind of quickly throw it, throw it around. Um, you, you, whether, it was, whether it was the way you made a cake or the way you um, typed up one of my uni assignments, or, or the way you did piano practice. Um, there was just this... It, it, yeah, it just looked like there was this sloppiness about it to me, and that you, you just didn't really care about how it ended up. And this, this lack of attention to detail was just bugging me all the time. And then what? Uh, well... <clears throat> I knew that I didn't want to be married to someone that I was annoyed with for the whole of my life. Um, but I also could see that you weren't actually going to change in a hurry. That's actually just who you were. That's, that was the person I married. So, what happened? Did you have to change? Did you have to lower your expectations? Did you just have to learn to be satisfied with the way I was? What happened? Uh, well, not quite. Uh, that, that would have been a kind of a win-lose situation, I think. Mm. Whereas I think what we ended up with was a win-win situation somehow, uh, where I actually learned to appreciate and even love um, a positive side to all that stuff that I was seeing. Mm. So, yes, on the one hand, I kind of would have liked if you would have been able to do things to a greater level of perfection. Um, but the fact is that if I'd had to do them, they just wouldn't have gotten done. There wouldn't have been enough time in the day. And I could, I could see that you were actually just getting these jobs done. And there was this much time in the day, there was these many, this many things to do, and you were just getting stuck into them and getting them done. I think I, um, I think I began to understand that you're a big picture person mm. as opposed to me, who's a details person. It made me think about how you were always good at delegating tasks to other people and how I hate doing that because I want to do them myself. I want them to get done properly. And there's only one way to get them done properly. 
I was looking at this, and, um, and you were looking at this. Anyway, the point is, I just saw something that I never saw before. Rather than seeing us as being opposed to one another and, um, and creating a whole lot of tension, I saw us as complementing one another, performing different roles in our, in our marriage, and having breadth in our relationship. I'd only been seeing the negative side of this particular thing about you, but now I was starting to see the positive side as well, and, um, and I got it. I understood where you were coming from. Yeah, well, um, that's sounding like something we could talk about. Okay, so we've got a point one and a point two. That still doesn't really sound like something we could fill up a whole talk with. Well, maybe not on their own, but we've talked about how every relationship needs energy put into it. Yeah. And we've talked about how we can choose to see only the negative side of the character trait or to step back a bit further and get a fuller picture. Yeah. Well, isn't one of the most important things we've experienced in our marriage that when both of us start to do this, then we start to become more of who we are. That over time, what we are as a couple becomes more than who we are individually. Yeah, I think um, what we've experienced is that through this process of understanding um, the negative and positive sides to a single personality trait, uh, both in the other and in ourselves, um, it leads to a kind of special growth that, that just doesn't happen in many other situations other than marriage. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and why is that? Uh, well, mainly because we're just in each other's faces all the time. <laughs> and then I can't help but notice uh, some annoying things about you and vice versa, of course. <laughs> and then that sets up this stage for whatever will happen next. Which is? Uh, well, that can go any number of ways. But I think what happened for us is that, all right, first I'd spend a while uh, stewing over what it was that I saw, mm -hmm. uh, and then I'd start to maybe just criticise a little bit, and, um, and then you'd start to feel offended and defensive. Mm -hmm. And so that creates this tension and depending on how we deal with that tension um, it, either, it either creates a platform on which to build more tension or it becomes an opportunity for us both to grow. Both of us to grow? Yeah, well it takes two people to build tension. Um, it takes two people to relieve that tension. I had to step back and see a bigger picture of, of, um, of you and, and, and see those positive aspects of, of the things I was seeing and being critical of. And I had to learn how to name them and, um, and appreciate them and give value to them. And that gives you a safe environment in which to have the spotlight shown on a weakness. Mm. And then in the light of the fact that it's actually just kind of a flip side to something really great about you, then to have your attention drawn to it is, might, might be just the sort of thing that helps you to think, oh, maybe there's something I could actually work on there a little bit. Well, is there another example of that in our story together? Uh, there's probably a few. But um, 
for a while there, I was getting really frustrated and annoyed uh, by the fact that, you know, you've got this tendency to just say whatever it is that comes into your head without, <laughs> without thinking about it for a little while first and processing it and um, thinking about whether or not it's worth saying. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, out it comes and there, there it goes and, and there's nothing you can do about it then. And that frustrated me so much for a while so that yeah. by the time I said something, it would have had a bit of an edge to it and then that would have sounded hurtful to you and, um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, there was this tension and because it looked like I was attacking you, then um, you've got to defend because when someone attacks, you have to defend. That's just the natural thing. Mm-hmm. And so you can only maintain that sort of tension for so long. And either something's got to give way, like the relationship, or you have to start talking about it in a way that relieves that tension. And, and that's what we did together. We just started talking about it. And through talking about it, I could step back a bit and, uh, and try not to have such a limited view of what was happening here, a limited view of your character. And suddenly I saw something that I didn't see before, that in, um, in certain situations, you know, with other people, um, where, where I would be finding it really difficult to contribute to a conversation because I was analysing everything and trying to listen and try to figure out where someone was coming from and whether or not I'd offend them. and w- Like, I was doing all this analysis and not actually contributing to the conversation at all. You, on the other hand, you just had this ability to generate conversation. It just, just blur, out it came, and, and it, was actually, it was actually a good blur. It was, it was not just the typical dribble that we often find ourselves talking about, but it was the stuff of life. It was meaningful stuff, and you had a gift for this. And it was, it was the same aspect of that thing that was annoying me before. It, well, it was, a, it was a kind of an opposite thing, but it was the same thing. It was, yeah, it was, and, and I just saw it for the first time. And, um, and so once I was able to identify that good side of it and name it, and praise you for it, and build you up through it, then you, feeling assured and loved and secure, you were actually able to see that, oh yeah, actually there are some other times when maybe I could just be a little more careful about what I say, because, you know, the situation doesn't call for it or whatever. But you felt good about it, and it allowed you to... um, to see a weaker side to one of your strengths. Yeah. Well, that was both of us growing in maturity and um, you learning to see a more complete picture of me and who I was, me learning, and I'm still learning, to temper my mouth a bit in certain situations, and both of us nurturing one another. Um, We, together as a couple just becoming more than what we are as individuals and and more than what we were yesterday or or last week or last year. Hmm. Okay, so um, we've got uh, got one. Uh, Relationships take work 
Uh, you can't just put them into autopilot and expect them to flourish. Uh, two, uh, when I feel annoyance growing in me towards you, that might be a signal for me to step back and learn for the first time, or maybe even just remind myself of, um, of the positive side of that same character trait and, you know, a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. And then three, when we both do those two things effectively, uh, both of us grow together mm-hmm. so that we become more than the sum of what we were individually. Uh, look, I figure that that'll take about 15 minutes to get through. We've got to fill up about another five minutes. Mm. Well, there is just one more thing um, that we mentioned in passing that I think would be worth um, fleshing out a little bit more. What was that? Um, We said that it's not just a matter of choosing the right partner. I I think that's the idea. I, I actually want to fill that out a bit and maybe talk about how it's more important to be the right partner. Okay, so what would you say to flesh that out? Well, um, just that being the right person means being ready to grow, that it's more important to be the right person than to marry the right person. Being the person, right person means that um, you're willing to stand back a bit, to... Um, to put the other in the centre means being ready to put effort in. They're not really the sorts of things that you can make anyone else do, even in a marriage. But if a relationship is going to last, you have to be prepared to do them yourself. And if you can't be that person in that relationship or marriage when you start out, then you might just have to figure it out in the next one or the next one after that. And by giving up on a relationship too early, you might just miss out on that opportunity to grow and expand as a person. The best opportunity that you might ever get to grow up and and be part of something really, really good. Um, Do you remember how my Oma used to say, you always take yourself with you wherever you go? That's what I mean. Don't, Don't pretend that the problem belongs to someone else. You take yourself with you wherever you go. Yeah, okay, and that's obviously not always the case, but are you saying that in, like, today's world, it's a, it's, a, it's a modern world where we have fast food and throwaway consumer products, are you saying that there might be a tendency for us to throw away our relationships a bit too quickly? I'm just saying that if someone were to say to me, that in today's society there's no value in expecting to remain in just one lifelong partnership anymore, I'd respond by saying that I think there is value. There's great value for you and your partner and whatever children are involved. There are opportunities to grow, to nurture and be nurtured that you just don't get anywhere else. And that being the person who helps make this relationship happen and work will have implications for generations to come. And that if someone was willing to uphold their end of the bargain with sincerity and humility and and perseverance, they might just be surprised at what happens. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I think we've got some stuff we can work with there. And, and yeah, maybe we can do this talk after all. I don't know. (laughs)
Uh, Martin, Jacqueline, this is sounding like a good talk. It's a shame we won't get to hear it. Uh, as usual, we've got some time for questions. Uh, guys, I might get you to stand up with me, otherwise we have this height discrepancy. Uh, the, um, uh, so if you've got a question, please put your hand up. There'll be some microphones roving around. Uh, Martin, you do the grumpy Australian male extremely well. Did you have to rehearse that for long? Thank you. No, I've had plenty of practice. I, I didn't, yeah. didn't take any work for today at all. Just no, a natural. That's, that's, just, that's just who I am. It's fantastic. Well, uh, we've got a question up the back here. Um, it was really great to hear seeing um, if you've got a negative trait to try and see the positive in that negative. Can you give us some tips um, if you just can't see any positive? Now, maybe that's because I'm blind or maybe it's because I ha I'm just not there yet. Can you just give us some tips of what do we do if we can't see any positive in the negative? Well... You know that sometimes there are characteristics that are just no good and that relationships are the foundation where if people feel loved that they might hear just how no good that is. And so don't give up on when something is, is not right of just bringing it up but make sure that you bring it up in a way that can be heard and where the person feels loved and understood first and appreciated for something about them and then point out the, um, what the consequences of that behaviour are and how that makes you feel. And, yeah, I've, yeah it's, a, it's a long journey sometimes and some of us have got um, some really stubborn negative traits to work on, but we're becoming something all the time. Yeah. And, I, and, I think the, and I think one of the keys that we were trying to come, uh, bring across was that there's always um, a responsibility on both partners to grow um, and if both partners aren't committed to growing then yeah that definitely sets up difficulty. Does anybody else have a question they'd like to ask? Just down the front, we'll wait for the microphone, here it comes. How helpful, how helpful is it to, like if you can't um, find any positive in, in somebody else, how helpful is it to identify the negative in yourself and make oneself vulnerable just to perhaps um, allow the opportunity for the other person to see their, their negative characteristics as well or is that a really dangerous position to be in? At the end of Jacqueline's talk, she, uh, she used the word humility and I think that when... Um, when we're humble, yeah, there's, there's, there's nothing quite so disarming than to be humble. I, I, don't, think it's, I don't think it's dangerous. I think it, it just, it's an opportunity to just put it out there. And it's like, it's like throwing your weapons down. And all right, if the other person is going to attack when you've got no weapons in your hands, uh, well, maybe that says something about the other person. But um, in general, yeah, to just throw your weapons down is just uh, the most powerful tool, I think. Does anybody else have a question? Uh, yep, we'll take one more question just up the back corner here. Um, many people sort of say that, uh, I guess particularly males, they might be a bit set in their ways and uh, they tend to do the same things. Is there a, can people change? Can they be... Um, and if so, how would they go about it? Is it easy? Can we change? Can people change? 
Well, Martin has. I think I have too. But, <laughs> but um, yes, people can change. Um, we change when we feel loved. I think that's... A, I can't emphasise that enough. There's no... If you, if you don't feel loved, um, you, you have very little motivation. And, um, and, yeah, I think if you do feel loved, then you feel able to, to take that journey. But, yes, stubborn stuff can, can be worked out over time. Maybe it's just using different words. Um, I've, and I'm, I'm not sure that we disagree about this... I've always said that people don't actually change, uh, just different things that have been maybe suppressed before uh, are allowed to be released. And you know, all of us grow up as kids within a family, within a school, within, within, all, within all sorts of constraints, and that affects who we are. Uh, but there is also an underlying who we are, and that may be very much different to the person we appear to be as we come out of our um, childhood. And within a relationship, yeah, I think there's all these opportunities to have that unpacked and for who you really are to come out into the open and to be brought out and to be encouraged and, uh, and nurtured. Yeah, I think that's, that's what it's all about. Like, so can you change? I don't necessarily think so, but can you grow, can you become more of who you are, can something that was very small in you, something that was really suppressed in you as a child, can that be allowed to flourish and become the dominant thing? Uh, yes, it can. Yeah, sure, go ahead, Yona. We've got a couple of books to mention to you. So um, there's this book here, which is kind of almost what I think is light-hearted, The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work. It's, this guy reckons um, he can watch people for two minutes and work out who's going to get divorced and who's going to stay together. And it's, done, it's, been, it's very well researched and executed, and I believe that it's true. Um, but he has some good just general tips of how to have soft start-ups for... Um, for arguments and disagreements, um, how, to, how to encourage each other, how to pull out good things. It's very prescriptive and, um, but gives good ideas. This book here, um, it should be wrapped in gold. It's called The Meaning of Marriage. It's by Timothy Keller. It's over there. It's got a purple maroon cover on it. This, this gives a whole broad framework of, um, of how relationships can really work and what they're really meant for. And, um, and it's, been, it's been a beautiful read for me and, um, and it's very encouraging. Well, Martin and Jacqueline, thanks for opening up your own relationship to us this morning. Uh, we hope you've survived this collaboration and that 20 years is, the 28 years, sorry, is, uh, it carries on for more growth. And uh, can you, and th uh, that's been great principles that you've uh, been able to bring to us. So can you thank Martin and Jacqueline for being with us here this morning?